Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs, and we're ready for Psalm 50 this morning. And uh, Psalm 50... Well, we're also ready for Proverbs 30, so Psalm 50, Proverbs 30. Psalm 50 is a psalm of instruction, and it actually kind of tells about the coming of Christ in the day of judgment, in which God will call all men into account. And it kind of has uh, this that theme, and then it ends. So it's 23 verses, and probably the last 10 verses deal with so the first six deal with the coming judgment. Uh, then you've got 7 through 15 that really kind of deal with how it's better to obey God than to provide like religious sacrifices and things of that nature. Uh, and then 16 through 23 deals with the hypocrisy of the wicked and how God is going to deal with those uh, at that time. So it's only 20 verses, but it's chock full of important information. So that's what we're going to zero in on, and then we'll look for some wisdom out of Proverbs chapter 30. So, with that out of the way, let's begin. I'm going to read from the King James Bible, Psalm 50, verse 1. The mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken. And called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come, and he shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very temptuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above, and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. And heaven shall declare his righteousness, for God is judge himself. Selah. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat flesh of bulls, or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. But the wicked, but unto the wicked, God saith, what hast thou to do to declare my statutes, or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth? 
please note, let's just stop for a second. So he's talking about how it starts with, you know, God's going to come. There's going to be a fire that devours before him. He's going to gather all the saints together unto him. And then he's going to judge. Then he says, you know, don't bother, you know, you're putting too much emphasis on this idea of burnt offerings and sacrifices. He's like, it all belongs to me. He says, instead, offer unto God thanksgiving. He says, to the righteous, if you call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee. But then he's talking to the wicked, and it's not just normal wicked that he appears to be talking to. It's those who are hypocrites because they claim with their mouth to be in some type of relationship with God, but their actions demonstrate otherwise. There's a lot of Christians like this today. They claim Christ by name, but their fruit says otherwise. Listen to what he says. But unto the wicked God saith, What hast thou to do to declare my statutes? Like, why are you talking about my ways? Or thou shouldest take my covenant in, my, in thy mouth, or talk about my covenant. Verse 17, Seeing thou hatest instruction, and castest my words behind thee. In other words, all you do is speak about it, but your actions are, f- are far from it. Verse 18, When thou sawest a thief, and then thou consentest with him, and hast been partaker with adulterers, thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue fameth deceit. Thou sittest and speakest against thy brother, thou slanderest thy own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silent. Thou thoughtest that I was altogether such as one as thyself. But I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. So God's saying, you do all this wickedness and you think that it's all, it's all good, right? Because God has kept silent, because God has been patient and merciful. So you figure, oh, it's all good. I'm allowed to do this, you know, hey, grace, right? Now, consider this, ye that forget God lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Whoso offereth praise glorify me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright, will I show the salvation of God. And that is the end of Psalm 50. Let me do some read some commentary for you from Matthew Henry about the part of hypocrisy from verse 16 to 23. Here's what he says. He says, hypocrisy is wickedness, which God will judge. And it is too common for those who declare the Lord's statutes to others to live in disobedience to them themselves. This delusion arises from the abuse of God's long-suffering and willful mistake of his character and the intention of his gospel. Real quick, let me interrupt. That's what I mean when I talk about how people pervert the grace of God. We're going to talk about greasy gracers. It's always grace this, grace that. 
It's always making an excuse for sinful behavior. It's delusional. Matthew Henry says, This delusion arises from the abuse of God's long-suffering and willful mistake of his character and the intention of his gospel. The sins of sinner will be fully proved on them in the judgment of the great day. The day is coming when God will set their sins in order, sins of childhoods and youth, of riper age and old age, to their everlasting shame and terror. What's he referring to? He's, he's talking about how God says here in verse 22, Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces, and there be none to deliver. Let those, Matthew, back to Matthew Henry, hitherto forgetful of God, given up to wickedness, or in any way neg- neglect or negligent of salvation, consider their urgent danger. The patience of the Lord is very great. It is more wonderful because sinners make such ill use of it. But if they turn not, they shall be made to see their error when it is too late. Those that forget God forget themselves. And it will be never be right with them till they consider. Man's chief end is to glorify, is to glorify God. Whoso offers praises glorifies him, and his spiritual sacrifices shall be accepted. We must praise God, sacrifice praise, put it into the hands of the priest of our Lord Jesus, who is also at the altar. We must be fervent in spirit, praising the Lord. Let us thankfully accept God's mercy and endeavor to glorify him in word and deed. I have a feeling that Matthew Henry's pulling that from James. He says, I'll show you my faith by what I do. Christians are too quick to let themselves off the hook for sin. They pervert the grace of God. And they err, like Matthew Henry says. They're delusional because of God's long-suffering. But when the day comes, they're going to have to stand before God. And the truth will be proved on that day. Were you trusting in Christ? And as a result of your free salvation, you were changed, and now your number one mission in life was to glorify God? was to walk in his ways because you love God? Or was it all just talk? And did you just use the grace of God as an excuse to walk in filth? That'll be the question that'll be answered on that day. Let's move on. Proverbs chapter 30 and try to get some wisdom for the week here. Verse 1. The words of Agur, the son of Jaca, even the prophecy. The man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Eucol. Surely I am more brutish than any man. 
and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom nor have I the knowledge of the holy. Who hath ascended up to heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Two things I have required of thee. Deny me them, not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be fool and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of thy God in vain. This is interesting. So let's just take a note of a couple of things. So this is a proverb. And it's called the words of Agur. First of all, he starts with who has ascended to heaven, who has done these things, right? Who like who's, who can gather the wind in his fist or water in his garment? Obviously, he's talking about God, right? Like who else could do that? And then he says this. And when he says who has established all the end of the earth, what is his name? And then he says this. Remember, this is a these are proverbs written long before Christ, right? And what is his son's name? So even back then, the Holy Spirit was acknowledging this in the text. And now he says, there's, there's a couple of things that I want from God before I die. Here, here's the two things. The first thing is to remove from me vanity and lies. And give me neither poverty nor riches. So he's saying, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be rich. Why? Why does God want us to be not poor necessarily, but not rich? Listen to this. He says, I, want po I don't want poverty, but I don't want riches. And here's why. Lest I be full. So that's what poverty would do. And deny thee and say, who is the Lord? So he's saying, I don't want to be rich, so rich that I forget who God is. And I start to think that I've done something special with my life. And I forget the Lord. Or he says, I don't want to be poor lest I start to steal and take the name of God in vain. In other words, I don't want to be so poor that I have to steal and then I start misre misrepresenting God. Wisdom. Verse 10. Accuse not thy servant unto his master lest he curse thee and thou be found guilty. There is a generation that curses their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. The horse leech hath two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not, it is enough. So he's getting ready to give us some more wisdom. He's getting ready to list 
three things that never that are never satisfied. Yeah, even four things. Here's what he says. Here's the first one. The grave and the barren womb. The earth that is not filled with water. And the fire that saith not, it is enough. The eye that mocketh his father and despises to obey his mother. The ravens of the valley shall pick it out. And the young eagles shall eat it. There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of the ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of the man with a maid. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. By the way, there, this proverb has got so much... And that you just really have to go back and think about it. That we can't just dwell on for the podcast. But there's so much here. So much here. First of all, he's talking about these generations. I mean, does it not sound familiar? A generation that curses his father and doesn't bless his mother. A generation that's pure in their own eyes. A generation that's lofty and prideful. A generation that devours the poor. And he says, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. Verse 21. For three things the earth is disquieted, and four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. For an idious woman when she is married, and a husband that is heir to her mistress. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their house in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet they go forth, all of them, by bands. There be three things which go well, yea, Four are comely in going, a lion which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any, a greyhound, and a he-goat also, and a king, against whom there is no rising up. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thy hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the ringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. Now, that's the end of Proverbs 30. That one, that's one you need to go back through and just really think through what's being said here. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself... Or if thou hast thought evil, lay thy hand upon thy mouth. What's he saying? In other words, if, you, if you're starting to think really highly of yourself, starting to get prideful, 
where you have some evil thoughts in your mind, put your hand over your mouth so that they don't come out of your mouth. <laughs> right? It's pretty simple. And it's amazing to me how much the Proverbs actually talk about keeping your mouth shut, right? We talk about this every week I bring this up because every single week there is a proverb that tells us to watch what we say. To watch what we say. Be careful about what comes out of your mouth. The tongue is extremely dangerous. Well, there you have it, my friends. There's our wisdom and encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs to start our week. I pray in the powerful name of Jesus you've been blessed this morning, that you've been strengthened this morning to start your week. The judge is coming. There's going to be a separation of the sheep and the goats, which is really a separation of those who are true, truly God and gods and those who are hypocrites. We're not going to go all the way into it, but remember, the sheep and the goats, what was the problem? On one hand, on his right hand were the sheep, and those are the ones who fed the hungry and fed the poor and to clothe the poor and... Right? And Jesus says, what you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. And on his left side are the goats, the hypocrites. He says, you didn't feed me, and you didn't do these things. And they said, when did we not do these things? And he says, what you did to the least of these, you've done unto me. Or he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Haven't we done all this stuff? And he's going to say, you're a worker of lawlessness. You don't obey God. And furthermore, I don't know you. We don't have an intimate relationship. The day is coming sooner than people might realize. When the Lord shows up, Have you worked out your salvation with fear and trembling? Have you examined yourself, like Paul says, and made sure you're in the faith? Lord, have mercy on us all. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.